What's up, everybody? Hey, the Arsenal Bros are back. We're here today to review the loss against City, but we're not going to talk about that very long. We're here to chew on and revel in, bask in the 4-2 victory over Aston Villa, one that will hopefully go down into folktale. This is one of the most exciting, pulsating Arsenal victories ever. Joined by Ben and Kev, I am Nick here. Join us. Good evening, Arsenal Bros listeners. The Arsenal Bros are back, and uh, with with a not so good result, but that quickly changed with a great result. So, Benji, what's up? Hey, man. Uh, it's great to be here after a win, and not after whatever happened on Wednesday. Yeah, well, uh, we won't worry about that. We'll brief- briefly mention it, but we'll get moving. But it's a good evening, Kevin. You're joining us as well. What's up? Hey, glad to be here. What a week. A bit of a roller coaster, you could say, but we're on the good part right now, so let's keep this <laughs> let's keep this train a rolling. That's kind of one of the nice things about uh not recording after every game is that uh doing it once a week, you maybe uh maybe catch it on the way up and that's what we did, so we're we're gonna jump right in and get that city result out of the way. Does that sound good? <laughs> as as quickly as we can, let's just rip the bandaid off, clean off. Yeah, definitely. Three one loss at home to City in what we had dubbed as the biggest game in Emirates history. Did you guys felt like it lived up to that? I don't know. Looking back, um. We'll quickly summarize. Tomiyasu back pass was jumped on by Kevin De Bruyne. Ugh. 24 minutes in. We're down. It, it of course, was going to be something like that. Why can't we just beat games like that? Avoid moments like that. We're just a slight reminder that maybe we're just not quite there yet. But then, before halftime, who else but Starboy Saka levels up? With with a penalty to the side that Ederson was playing. I thought that was funny. We're after 1-1. Did you guys think uh, think we could push on from there? Did you think we were going to run out of gas? Kev, where were we at? I mean, how, how could you not feel like we were going to push on and to get the result? I think it was a, a mistake that Tomiyasu made. And after that, we were better. We created chances and we're on top of the game and we've seen so many times this year where we've come out second half guns ablazing metaphorically and it was hard to see this being any different at the time and obviously not not the case of what happened but going into halftime pretty ecstatic to have recovered from that mistake be on top of the game and felt like it was it was pedal to the metal at that point yeah, Ben, what did you think of the, the first half? Arguably the better team. And yeah. The only chance they had was one we, we really gave them. Did you think we could push on, or were you worried about City making adjustments? I I wasn't confident, like, oh, we're definitely going to win this thing, but I was hopeful. I thought we were 1-1 felt a little fair um, to me. I know – statistically we dominated controlled possession controlled the game had some good chances but city are such a threat like we 
we had to continue to play really well against them. And so I, I was actually at that point like, okay, like compete, hold, show them what we have and, and push on from there. But, but I wasn't like, we have to win this thing at that point. I thought coming out of there with a draw would have been a little disappointing at home, but still would have been a good point. Yeah, it would have been a good point after the Burford and Everton results getting a little bit and going back to the City Cup game. We uh, definitely skidding. I mean, looking at that, that's uh, three straight results that we had not won. So, you know, not only competing head-to-head in the league with them, but looking at how many straight games we were kind of kind of clutching at straws and City made changes, sure enough. You know, I don't even remember what he's <laughs> changed. I'm so past it already. But they uh, they were definitely a different team. And that Grealish goal was a killer. Um, great break from them. Uh, one where Gabriel kind of got stuck in between two minds in possession. Um, missed the connecting pass. And all of a sudden, they're down a couple passes later. And the ball's already in and... Man, that was a blow for sure. Holland scores inevitably 10 minutes later. 3-1. Didn't feel like 3-1, but felt like a hammer blow. City go top for the first time in months. Um, they had a game in hand, uh, level on points, but up in goal differential. Man, what were your guys' thoughts? Were, were, you, uh, were you concerned? Was that as much of a hammer blow as as it was on paper, losing not only losing the game, but losing losing our, our grip at the top. Ben, what did you think? I'll be honest, I got super sick after the game for like 48 hours. And so I as soon as the game ended, I I was kind of out of commission. And so I haven't thought about the game since. And so until our win Saturday morning. So for me, it was 0% concerning because I have not thought about it. The game was literally as sickening as possible to Ben. Yes, yes. It, it caused me great distress. <laughs> the power of an also, of an Arsenal result and uh, its effects on one's health. One-on-one. That is wild. Kevin, what did you think? Man, it was rough. You know, we think back to last season and that Tottenham game away, I remember, I don't know why I felt like I expected what was going to happen, but I know... Nick, you were super excited, Ben. You were you were both so excited about that, and felt like that made the loss even that much more crushing. And I feel like I had those expectations for this city game. I really thought it was our chance to not win the title because we, we have a lot more work to do. But I felt like we go and win that game, and man, it goes such a long way. And then sometimes it's hard to really sit back and analyze these matches while they're happening, but tried to avoid media a little bit after a couple of days afterwards, but just saw some of those stats of the possession numbers that we limited them to. And you're like, man, it was not as bad as what we thought it may have been at the time. And you know what? Maybe we are, maybe we are that good. And there's quotes from, was it Saka who said that he felt like he felt better about the title challenge after the match than he did before. Yeah. And Grealish had mentioned mm-hmm how well we had played um, knowing and, and saying that city was second best. I mean, easy to say that when you win, but 
thought the gesture was had some some value to it as well. But yes, social media was uh, uh it was the end of the world as social media usually is after something like that. But man, it was uh it was humbling, and when you really you can look at it in a lot of ways, thinking, man, we haven't gotten a result in four. We, you know, go head to head with City, our 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 chance to uh, impose ourselves, and we didn't win. A lot of ways to look at that, and um, yeah, social media was <laughs> was not a great place to be at, as it usually is after a result like that. Um, man, what did you guys think? that we needed to bounce back. I mean, Wednesday night loss going to Saturday morning, early kickoff. Kev, I had talked about how worried I was about the Villa game and just how quick that was coming and what a tricky game on paper that was. Did you think we had it in us to, uh, to get back in the saddle to break this or were we going to go five straight without a result? Yeah. I wanted to see, the reaction of, of the team, you know, we talk about our confidence levels all season, how they've, they've gone up and up and up. And after losing to city, I'll admit I was, I was feeling like we were no longer, even though we were still technically ahead of them, if we win our game in hand or even draw our game in hand, felt like it was no longer, we were, we were no longer in the driver's seat to all right i don't i don't know how we're going to react to this tough away game and made some changes and it felt weird going into a game where you're like okay this is it's what it's always felt like as an arsenal fan you know (laughs) what are we going to get today you didn't know and then obviously we'll get into to what happened in the villa game but it was it was excitement for a chance to get get the city taste out of our mouths but a little bit of apprehension knowing it had been a while since we've won and hoping that the immense joy the seasons brought us isn't going to come crashing down in just a, a terrible way. Yeah. I like how you said that it was almost an, something we haven't hadn't felt probably since the beginning of the season to where we weren't really title challengers at that, or at least we didn't consider ourselves title challengers and, we were kind of like, well, let's let's see how we do today, rather than the the so many games from in between then to where we really solidified ourselves as legit contenders. And um, yeah, it was kind of like let's let's see what we're made out of. And you know, even going back to the city result, I mean, seventy two percent possession. City had to play a different way and uh, take advantage of our mistakes to be successful. I mean, that's what winners do, but. We certainly didn't make things easy for them. And it was tough sledding. Ultimately, they came through. But mm-hmm. um, the optimist says that, yeah, we had to make them work for it. The pessimist says, well, we got nothing to show for it. So we we really need to, really, really need to find a way to uh, break this duck bend. Did you feel like going away at Villa Park against Unai Emery was the place to do that? I I actually felt pretty good about the game. I thought it was going to be tight. I think I predicted 22-1. I'm trying to think. Um, so I thought it would be tight, but I didn't think 
Um, I didn't think it would be like as as hard of a test as you did, Nick. I, I was I was a little more optimistic. I thought, okay, hey, we can we can go and do this. Why is that? Bounce back. Yeah, I predicted three one. Um, I just felt like the mentality's there. I feel like the squad. They're going to look at the last couple fixtures. They're going to look at how they played against City. And there's just still this belief there that we can do it. And it didn't feel like Villa was a team that was going to sit in in a low block. I just, you don't necessarily see that with the Emery side, at least efficiently. (laughs) Um, And so I thought that the game would have moments of being open. And I thought, we're going to see guys want to bounce back in, in some really big ways. I thought Arteta would shift, shape, um, shift our starting lineup because just that many games in seven, three games in seven days, I thought something would have to change. And I thought that would, I thought that would be a good jolt for some players like, Oh, I'm not starting. Oh, I am starting like, okay, this, this is going to create some energy in the side. Yeah. And changes did commence bringing Trossard in for Gabriel and bringing Ben White back in uh, for Tomiyasu. Did you guys think, Kev, did you like that move? Did you feel like that was time for Trossard to come in? Did you feel like that was a stretch? What did you think? You know, I, I feel like he, Trossard, had, you could say had earned the right to start, at least with what we've seen on the field. Obviously, we don't know what training looks like, and, and Martinelli's been... I hate to use the word struggling. He's not been at his best. And we've talked pretty much at length about the reasons why that's happening. Not all his fault, but it's a, it's a big mental game too. And sometimes guys need a break and we don't want to see Martinelli pressing, taking himself even more out of it. So sometimes that just that mental, the break he gets from not starting and a chance to, to relax a little bit. And then, come on and have a chance to change a game later. We've seen Trossard change multiple games off the bench and and that change can be good for you. And we saw Martinelli did really well against City off the bench in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. And and so I felt like changes I think change can be good. We've had such a consistent 11 when we've been at full strength this season and I'm happy to see Arteta willing to make changes when it's needed and based on Obviously, the final result, you have to feel like he got those changes right. Obviously, we'll get more into that in a bit. Yeah, I know. This was one I had mentioned I was so worried about. No matter what, the before the City result, I was more worried about this one just because this was a game he had to get up for, the early, early kick at a place like Villa against so many just interesting players that Arsenal has had a history with. I mean, including Unai Emery, you have Emmy Martinez, that history. You have so many players that had been linked to us. Emmy Buendia, Jacob Ramsey for a little bit, um, Ollie Watkins, of course, Douglas Louise. It was just a, just so, so strange for sure. And, uh, I, man, I, the early kickoffs away, I just really hate. And so I was really worried about that. Um, and it didn't take long for us to be down. I was in Nashville. So this was a 6.30 kickoff. And I was watching in the hotel and um, had it on. And uh, 
all of a sudden, all of a sudden we were down. I, I, uh, I thought we could have done so much better in a lot of areas. I thought Ramsdale could have done better. I thought Saliba could have done better. And, uh, man, not the way you want to try to break a four-game skid is giving up a goal five minutes in. Ben, anything to say about the goal from Watkins? Uh, it was super frustrating. It was like, this is the start. Like We're supposed to be the, the team on the front foot. Um, I mean, he looked it was great. I mean, it, it was a great goal. Like I would have been super hype if we would have scored that. So I don't want to take that away from him. I thought Saliba was could have been 10, 15% better. Ramsdale could have been 5 or 10% better. We missed the chance. We missed the moment. So super frustrating. But um, like we just got carved up. Like, yeah, that, it was. It, 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 I think that was the early start um, coming to get us. I think you were right, Nick. Man, it's been a long time since we've. I feel like for the standards that we had set about the early goals that we had scored, I feel like it's been a long time since we've came out, scored early, controlled the game, and that was done. So. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we needed to and, score early, and I think that was that. That was our, yeah, that was our calling card for so so long. It was score early, see it out, and no issues. And that was pretty much a, the opposite of what happened. And uh, man, had to really find out what we were made out of real quick. Kev, well, a, a solid goal. It, it felt like. Old school Arsenal, didn't it? The goal got scored. That first goal went in, and the blame game was starting. Some blamed Zinchenko for the bad back pass. Some blamed Saliba for not closing down, giving too much space. I thought it was a good finish by Watkins, but Ramsdale can save that. We've seen him make that save. Just so much went wrong on that play, and and you know – Arsenal fans are stressed when that when those names and guys are being trashed like that for a play and you see just all these different names being thrown in and it's kind of like uh-oh here we go again like just not not feeling great at that point and luckily for us it was early and you knew we'd have a chance to respond but it's never easy to pull back multiple goals in a game in the prem and I think we may have taken a draw in the match, but obviously when you're in a title chase, three points is so, so critical. And so you hope that we would have time to scrape out two the remainder of the way. Yeah, man, we're even thinking about a title chase when you're down that early after that skid. I think that was, uh, yeah, I think like Ben, I was like, well, I, I don't know. It was just, let's, let's see if and when we can get one back. And it was just, it just, uh, at that moment, felt like everything was really going against us and just didn't know who or how or when we were going to break it. And But to be honest, like in most of these games that we we're skidding, like we didn't, we haven't played terrible and arguably have been the better team. And just things hadn't gone our way when earlier this season, like we didn't run into that and we were the better team. And got our result for it. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was, thought it was a hammer blow early and 
Um, but we get our we get our equalizer ball crossed in and Tyrone Mings proving that uh he's not England caliber and the ball is going right to Emmy Martinez and he just stepped right in front, headed it right back, and man, what a finish from Saka. Wow. That was it was I felt like it was gonna take something like that to get us back and what a great finish that was, Kev. Dude, it was cr- it was crazy. It, you didn't even feel like we were going to score on the play. Like it was a half chance and just the phrase that escalated quickly was the epitome of that soccer goal. What a couldn't have hit the ball any better than he did and went in you're like holy smokes. I I yelled pretty loud in my living room at 7:40, 7:45 in the morning. And felt much better at that point. Like, all right, we've got the goal. We we were playing much better before that goal went in anyways. And it's like, okay, we're we're good. We'll have time to get another. Yeah, at that point, I all of my fears went away. <clears throat> Even when, spoiler alert, Villa score again, I was I felt really calm and I almost uh screenshotted the uh the city uh, Spurs game and posted it in our group chat because I was like, "Listen, good teams come back from from being down and go and score four goals." And it's like I was just like really, really confident because like just seeing that finish from Saka just continues to show that like Nick, you a few weeks ago or no, Kev, you one of you said that is Saka the best player at his position in the Prem, and like I think now statistically he is. Is there a better player in form at right wing or at any wing in the Prem? No. No way. So. Yeah. I mean, so, he's, he's it, unbelievable. Yeah. And it's something I had said, like, even when he's not having his best game, he's still impacting the game. And he has just proven how clutch that he is and how – when we are down, just when we need something to happen, he is the one that just consistently comes through. And he, he just continues to do that. I mean, something like that to where we needed something to happen, ball bouncing around, mm. and he just hammers it first time. And Martinez has no chance. And, and within 10 minutes of giving up a hammer blow early goal, now we're right back into this. You just I just watched it again. I mean, this thing is just a missile. He just kind of shuffles his feet real quick and then just it's just muscle memory. I mean, the, the, it's just there's something special, man. Then to go to do the Henri celebration. <laughs> it's it's like there's this belief growing in him, like, oh no, 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 I can do this. Yeah, there is just it, an arrogance that is coming with how he's improving and us as Arsenal fans have to love it for sure. So. Hmm. Do we have to talk about Villa's next goal? I, I don't, it, it, I felt like there was nothing glaringly wrong, but then all of a sudden they just take it down and, and score again, and it was just like, how did we get here again? All of our good work 
had just gone away so fast. Kev, how did you react? Did you did you think at that point, thirty thirty one minutes in, Coutinho, just after a, a dummy, I mean, it just got a just. I mean, it was such an easy chance, and especially for somebody like him, and all of a sudden, we're we're back to being one goal down, and you know that it's not it's not April and a, a title decider, but it felt like oh here we go again, like now the title's out of our hands again, and I don't know how did you react to Coutinho slotting that in without risking our non-explicit rating on this pod. I remember saying like, what the fudge just happened? And, <laughs> and you're right. You know, it wasn't anything glaringly bad on the play. I thought one of the best things we've done all year, and especially a huge change Gabriel Jesus has made for us has been our ability to counter press. And you watch that play develop in without having it in front of me. I think it was Saka and Odegaard, both, kind of gave that like I'm pressing but I'm not pressing effort and I think they've also played a lot of minutes lately and they were pressing but they weren't pressing got played past them and then all of a sudden the ball was into a more dangerous area and I think Ben White got sucked out a little bit too far wide and he did get sucked out too far wide ball played in and then it's a goal and it's like Mm -hmm. that felt so easy for us to give that up and was concerning. And, and again, the thoughts come flooding back of, yep, this is not our day. The world is ending. Our season's done. And we saw that on Arsenal Twitter, saw that in the group chats. And, and it was definitely an uncomfortable period going into halftime for me. That's for sure. Ben, your thoughts? No, I, I, Again, I just I just felt confident. It was a, I mean, it was a nice run of play from them, but again, a silly mistake. Like Kev was saying, that Ben White steps up when he should have just kind of dropped back in. We see the lack of pressing, like he said. Like it's just the little things. It's like we can correct this. We still have a whole half to play. I, I don't know why. I just felt really good about it. Like, nope, this is okay. So. I was frustrated. I was like, great, this, we just have to expel more energy. But, you know, we have the side to do it. Yeah, my head went in my hands. I'm just, I was just, I just could not figure out how we were in this position again and just thought, yeah, we're just going to have to saddle up and uh, figure it out. And it, it was, at that point, it was a strange game. I just didn't know who or when the goal was going to come from. Like, outside of, I felt like Saka was going to grab the game, but, man, after him, I didn't know. I mean, I I felt like we were playing decent, but I just didn't know where it was going to come from. We get to halftime down 2-1. It was the first time all season in the league where we gave up two goals in the first half, so definitely an odd feeling and was one of those situations where we're going to have to figure out what we're made out of, and um, thankfully, uh, we get back on the board. Lots of short corners, and second half, we came out firing. I think I had texted 
texted you guys on the as I was rewatching the game, they had said we had ten shots without response uh, at one point in the second half. So mm-hmm. a fair response for us to to come out and change things. I think notably Odegaard looked better. Zinchenko was moving the ball faster. Um, ben Trigino White was, was locked in. Yeah, Ben White was overlapping really hard. Um, and we looked we looked serious. We looked like we were going to create something. And I don't know if I would have uh, expected us to equalize in the way that we did. But short corner, um, Odegaard finds Zinchenko. And what and it's what had happened in a couple games to where we couldn't break down low blocks. And um, because of that, we were able to set up a long distance shot and that had opened that would open things up. And I think we had scored that on multiple occasions. I can think of Thomas party um, on two occasions, uh, but Zinchenko waits for it on his left and somehow on, on watch back, it's really amazing how he gets that ball past Ming's flying in spread with just both legs trying to block it. And it goes past Watkins and it sneaks in near post two two. Game on, man! What a what a cracking finish, Kev. What did what did you think? Did you did you want him to shoot on that opportunity? Yeah, I did, and there's there's a moment later in this half where I did not want a player to shoot that it worked out for us. Yeah, I I was I was for it. I felt like I felt like with who they had Mings and Kanza, especially like a corner was going to have a hard time getting to who it needed to. So I was, I felt like he was in enough space. I was for it. Sounds like you weren't. No, I, I think I was for it at the time. I think I, w- I want to come back to it a little bit after we're done with assessing the kind of the 90 minutes as we go through, but hadn't been his best performance of the season. And it happened and he goes to hit it. And I think it was the right decision, but kind of wincing a little bit. And then Wild already already scored one really nice goal on a nice finish, and then got another one. And it, the ball kind of squeaks through the crowd, and and then it's kind of into the back of the net almost before you realize what happened. Mm-hmm. It took and, me a minute when he when we scored to realize like oh 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 absolutely. And I love the fact that it's like he didn't give a flying fudge that he scored. <laughs> He he just went running straight back to midfield, ready to kick off again. And it was funny in the interview afterwards, he was like, "That tied at two two said I wanted to, us to go get the winner." And love love that mentality from him too. Of yeah, that's great. First first Premier League goal ever for him, which is pretty, surprising to me. Pretty crazy, no but doubt. What a finish! Just a an absolute peach on the left. We've had some great left-footed goals this season between him and Saliba, Saka, all sorts of them. Yeah, what I really liked about it, um, in the first half, he um, he had one from even deeper out, and I felt like the last couple of games his shooting has been really, really off. Um, I mean, not even coming close to getting something on target and kind of lined one up earlier and – um, it had some decent bend, but ended up going right at Martinez, and maybe that was just a cider. And uh, yeah, him him putting this one in 
I mean, what a way to score your first ever league goal. That's really hard to believe, but I don't think uh, I don't think he had played um, as much as we thought for City. But two two with half hour left. Ben, are you feeling like we can go get this, or did you feel like who knows what's going to happen after this? I thought we were going to push for it. I, I really did. I again, I just had this weird optimistic hope that like. I didn't start to lose hope until like the 88th minute. And I was like, gosh, we have had 50,000 chances here. Um, and so I, I just don't know why, but I just felt really good about it. I, yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it just felt like a game we were supposed to win when we came back um, the first time. And so like when Zinchenko scores and then it's just, I mean, I'm watching the the extended highlights right now. We had so many chances. The game was so open. It was it was pure chaos. W- would you have taken the two two draw? I know BBC published our article saying the game finished two <laughs> two. Yeah. Well, what but, was that guy doing? What 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 were your thoughts in the in that 88th minute, Ben? When you said you started to lose hope, how? How 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 would this pod sound right now if we had drawn that game two two? I think we would have found some positives, but I think I would have been frustrated on the day. Like we, I think it was just a, a dominant second half performance. I know there were a couple couple scary moments when Villa kind of countered us. We were open and spread a little bit, but uh, I, yeah, I would have been frustrated. I would have been like we we just keep dropping points. This wasn't good. This isn't what we needed to do. This isn't, this isn't the side that, you know, had 50 points after 19 games. Yeah, I think, excuse me. I think a draw would have been just another blow five straight games without a win for a team that's supposed to be challenging for the title. I think would have been a really bad look. Um, even though we came from behind twice to level up, you know, I think it's something to where you're looking for champions to find a way to, to make something happen. And yeah, I like you, Ben. I, I was like, I just think there's more chances in it for us to win it. And was just very interested to see and how that happened. And, um, they were multiple to do that. We get the uh, Enkedia pressing Kanza, turning him over inside the box, squaring to probably one of the first people you'd want to take a chance like this in our captain, Martin Odegaard, runs onto it. And I don't know, from before he even hit it, I felt like his body shape was all wrong and just just missed the target. I mean, he didn't even scuff it, just didn't, didn't have it calibrated mm-hmm. and... His face, I mean, he you just felt like the world was in his hands and he had let so many down. You could tell right away. Did you guys think we were going to get another chance or did you? Did it cross your mind thinking that might have been that? I think actually that's when I lost hope. I was like, no. Oh, no. Um, I just felt for him. I mean, that was rough. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. The you look at the misses between Eddie and Odegaard there, and I think we do our best not to scapegoat our guys 
and like like a lot of the fan base will at times and and I just remember thinking like I well, if we don't win this match we're going to walk away talking about those chances and I don't want that to be the story here is these chances we had and you know you look at how critical those extra two points are from a draw to a win knowing at the end of the season like that could be the title or not the title and imagine a guy like Odegaard who's done so well this season to look back on that chance and and think man if that goes in like that could be an all-time an all-time moment that we talk about that man we were that we were that close and it's funny how sometimes as fans we there's guys we'll defend and guys we won't and there's I think we we obviously want to defend our guys and I don't can't remember who shared it to our chat, but the chance that Holland missed against Forrest and saying that like, if that was Eddie, people would be talking about it. And I understand that point, but also it's those chances do make differences in games and, and thank goodness, obviously what happened in our game matters, but a guy like Eddie, I think, will be rewarded when Jesus comes back because he's had to carry the load for us for so long now. And, and that's a lot of pressure for him to have. And I think he's more than exceeded our expectations for what we had and has done well for us. But we've also put a ton onto his plate and you can tell he's pressing. He wants to score came so close with the other header too, putting it just over or just off the bar that was a phenomenal effort by him and just didn't want that miss to be the, despite the fact that probably should have done better. You didn't want that to be a defining moment of the game or even bigger of the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt like he took his chance about as well as he could with that header, Um, a great leap on him and yeah, it was an interesting game for Eddie, and I thought he deserved an assist um, as he came in and created that for Odegaard, and you could tell Odegaard really was just so so crestfallen from that. And, uh, yeah, I really felt bad for him because I really thought he had played tremendous in that half for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I think, like, people are having these conversations about Eddie. We had a conversation about Eddie. And, like, I just watched uh, this clip of Gabriel Jesus playing for Arsenal. Who was going to replace him? Like, nobody on their bench. Like, if, if City lose Holland, no one can step in and, and replicate what Holland does. If United lose Rashford, they're not going to have someone come in and be Rashford. Eddie's done really, really well for what for what he's done. I mean, he's come in, he's scored a bunch of goals, he scored some goals, he's played up pretty well. Like we we played City, who is tough. We played Brentford, who's really tough. Um, we played against some low blocks, and that's not necessarily breaking them down, isn't Eddie's game. You watch Gabriel Jesus, it's just it's something special. So to compare anything to that. It's just a little unfair. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I watched that video too. And he looks, I mean, he looks like the guy to break down a low block. And 
we're going to come across a lot more of those. And yeah, thought thought he had worked really hard and um, Eddie and, you know, he's maybe not getting the goals that he did as he did right after break, but really thought he, he just continues to work so, so hard. And I know that's not always enough, but thought, thought he was his work rate and energy was just just a level that has to be kept um kid game starts to get pretty stretched here um gabrielle has a header that he gets a little too much on uh, from a set piece odegaard sends and really thought that could have been the moment instead of a, a, a just a glance he flicked it on too much and then um leon bailey takes a huge ball down just gloriously and goes 1v1 somehow just takes it from there all the way straight to the goal and just slams one right footed. What a save from Ramsdale. Mm. Um, that really could have been not only the game, but almost the season um, really thought that had huge implications, just a huge, huge, huge save and um, was, was so excited to still at least just stay in the game, hoping that something would happen and um, almost felt like new life after that save. Um, really would have ramps. I really would have had blood on his hands if that would have gone in near post, but he really struck it so well. And just another moment where you look back and you're like, yep, it's just a, just another thing that you look back on. And like that had to happen for us to get a chance to win the game. And uh, Kev, our keeper expert, what did you think of that Ramsdale save? Man, it was just an unbelievable save. That There's not really even much I can say as an expert. He just he made himself big, strong hands. And we use the phrase all the time, keepers are defined by them making big saves and big moments. And that's what he did. Same with Gabrielle's challenge. To, to potentially save a goal there. he When we needed Ramsdale the most in that match, he stepped up and made the save. And we can talk about maybe he could have done better on the first one, but can't change that. And he didn't, he didn't let it get into his head. He didn't do anything else when he was called upon. To, to step up and make that critical save, he made it. And, man, what a let off. That was – it would be – so much of a different pod right now if that ball goes in as opposed to being saved. And he's made some incredible saves for us over the last 18 months. And that one is probably close to top five for me, not just the quality of the save, but what it meant for mm -hmm. that save to be made. Yeah. Time, moment, place, meaning going on to win. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, just another small moment and uh, not a small moment, a massive moment in what led up to a grandstand finish. Um, I'm trying to think, did we score after that? Uh, that was the last uh, major highlight, I think. Well, John John Duran, um, I think I missed the order of this, but it went back and forth or we traded huge chances. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. I can't remember. And I watched it back again. I watched the highlights back like two or three times. The last 10 minutes is really unbelievable. 
So that was in the 82nd minute. And then Duran had his chance. Yeah, when was his chance? Uh, actually, it's not in these extended. Very unprofessional of me. Yeah, no, because then we go down and Gabrielle has his header. Okay. After. And then it's Duran's chance. Then Duran Duran. Great work from Fabio Vieira to track and just hold because I saw him going back. I'm like, that's not good. I, I don't know. Saka had a chance. Yes. Jorginho threading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another pass. Can't believe we haven't mentioned him yet. I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. And it's funny. I, you guys, Nick, you were all over me for this, but like, I. I was like, Jorginho and Zinchenko need to come off at half. We need to make some aggressive changes. And you're like, I thought Jorginho's been good. And I was like, no, he's been terrible. He's so slow. And then he was, I mean, I think he really pulled all the strings in the second half. Odegaard was really good, but Jorginho, he just took up a few different positions. Jaka, Jaka shifted a little bit, and, and I think it, it really made him shine. Sorry, Nick, you were really right on that one. I just thought he had slotted in and played. I mean, this is even before what happened 90th minute and on. I thought he had played so similar to Thomas Partey. Um, just controlling the game, but also just wanting to get on the ball really impressed me. And just his willingness, especially in a tight game, just wanting to be on the ball so much. Just really, really encouraged me. And um, you just have to be some type of player to demand the ball in a big game like that in pressure situations. And he did that. And this is you know, showing his experience in exactly why we got him. Because without El Nini, I have no idea who would have been in that situation and who we would have called upon. But we paid $12 million for him, who was out of the plans um, at Chelsea, and he's just can slot in because he's already had a season and he's out there doing his thing. And yeah, was uh was really pleased with him. And that's when the man, the moment of the the man of the moment steps in. The Martinelli, the great, it's a great build if you watch that all and always goes all the way down to Martinelli uh, being patient and the low block coming in and kind of like Zinchenko to where the low block is all in and it's extra deep, um, pulling some guy away and somebody's creeping in at the top of the box. And that was Jorginho. And that strike he had is so hard to do, that ball rolling almost square to you because you have to get your plant leg in after the ball is past you and almost sliced across the ball, which he did. And uh, I don't think he could have struck it any cleaner. It kind of reminded me of um, Iniesta against Chelsea company versus, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Liverpool, but just slamming it right-footed into the opposite corner. And uh, that was a strike worthy to win any game. And it didn't even go in, but... Our guy, Emmy Martinez, who had, uh, some guy calculated, had wasted over six minutes of the second half. I felt like that was on the low end, but wasted six minutes, clatters back off his head and in. In one of those, you're just shocked at the strike coming in. 
and then you're shocked when it hits the post and then it it goes in so quickly after that and then you're like did that just happen and just the elation i was all over the room when that happened i was absolutely losing it as i'm sure you guys can imagine but wow three two at villa park Jorginho celebration Jaka coming off the bench all the way across celebrating that as well that was uh that was truly special kev what was your reaction man we we talk about the title chase and all these things and there's that famous phrase of it's not about the destination it's about the journey <laughs> and you think back to some of the moments we've had this year the late goal against fulham early the win against tottenham Saka's penalty against liverpool Eddie's goal against United. And this was another one that I'll, I'll remember for all my days, what that strike went. Jorginho can never score a goal again for Arsenal and he'll be a cult hero. <laughs> well, technically for... he hasn't scored one. Yeah. And you're not wrong. And you know <laughs> what? We talk about Lacazette versus Wolves last year. Yes. And we, we kind of gave him credit for that. And his shot wasn't even going to go in. Wasn't even like going towards the goal. And, and we gave him credit. I'm like, I will always call this Jorginho's goal. I don't care that it's technically an own goal. It was an unbelievable finish. The technique it took and <laughs> the stones it took for him to even try that. You you talked about earlier, you almost didn't want him to hit it when it was coming across. Yes, that was the one that I, <laughs> I, had, I had audibly yelled, don't shoot. <laughs> and like three seconds later, the ball is nestling in and uh, – I felt like an idiot after that because, <laughs> yeah, I just, I felt like we were going to be able to unlock them. And I just felt like if he blazed that over, that's 30, 45 more seconds that we don't have. And the percentage chance of that flying in felt so low to me. But again, just like Jorginho demanding to get on the ball in pressure situations, here he is demanding the ball to to try to put us over the edge and um stroke of stroke of good luck and, and fortune put us put us put us uh three two ahead, Ben. Yeah, when Nick when you were or Kevin, when you were talking about the technique and the audacity it had to tuck that finish, I thought you were talking about Amy Martinez. I mean the technique it took for him to just bang that in off the bar, they were, the reactions he had to have were just elite. Well, you talk about some of the great headed goals of all time. And, <laughs> you know, Van Persie in the World Cup, mm -hmm. you have Ronaldo and Juve rising 16 feet in the air. And then you have, you have to throw in this Martinez goal, especially with what it meant, the context of the season. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think this goes uh, – has to be on his highlight reel. I mean, he's, he's really, really excited about it. Agent Arsenal. Yeah, he had wasted so much time just to put himself in the spotlight for this moment. And, man, he did not miss when he had his opportunity. Mm. I had a friend who was watching. It would have been so with... hard for me as a player not to go up to him and do his, like, World Cup Golden Glove celebration to him. Yeah, just the the <laughs> thrust. Like, this guy, man. I, I had a friend ask me, he's like, why do you hate him so much? Didn't he play for you? And I was like, yeah, he did. And it was great then. But it's all the stuff that has happened uh, afterwards. And just, 
like you couldn't have created a more pantomime villain and somebody who's just continues to let the door hit himself on the way out. I'm like, you're, you're long outside of the door. Like, I don't understand what the deal is. He's the, he's the toxic ex-girlfriend, right? Ooh. Yeah. That just continues to talk about their ex and everything. When, when you've moved on and are living a happy life and they just continue to bring your name up and you're like, why is this happening? Yeah. And you know, he convinced Buendia that they were a better project. He convinced their, I don't, I don't want to say he convinced their hierarchy to go after Smith Rowe, but that's the audacity that club had. That's the, the belief that they had that they were truly eclipsing us in that cha- in that discussion and that challenge. And, and it, it felt good just for so many reasons, but you know, you talk about Ramsdale making saves when he needed to as good as Martinez was in the world cup. He had three chances to make saves against Saka, which was obviously a good finish, but Zinchenko and then Jorginho and he, he failed in all three, and when they needed him to step up and make a save, he he didn't do it. And obviously, there's more to come in that game, but but what a couldn't have happened to a better guy. And I mean, <laughs> and I mean every word of every word of that. Man, that's what I thought instantly. I'm like, that is what you get. I feel like every time somebody tries to just notably waste so much time, it always comes back. Like, I don't know if I'm necessarily a believer in karma as I am just a law of averages, like things just seem to balance out. And this was just, this was just that exact moment where I was like, yep, that's a, that's what you get. (laughs) That's how things had to happen, but we're not done. Emmy tries to, uh, seems it's like he tries to take this into his own hands. And it sounds like after the game, this was, uh, very much his idea. Um, Villa have a corner at 3-2. Were you guys worried he was going to get his big World Cup noggin on that? Or did you feel like, um, you know, we were good after we scored? I was a bit panicked. I was uh, panicked too. I was like, I was like this game is so time. much chaos that I just, I just, I can't rule it out. Yeah. Yep. And uh, balls cleared out and all of a sudden Fabio Vieira has it and and then Gabriel Martinelli streaking through. And then before we know it, he's through and uh, there's no keeper. Have you guys ever seen that? I felt like in as long as I've been a fan, I've seen the keeper go up plenty, but that never happened. Martinelli mm-hmm. pre-celebrates, then rolls it in for more great celebrations. 4-2, surely the end of the afternoon or the end of the morning. And what a glorious day. It was. I felt like that was great for Martinelli. Have you guys ever seen anything like that? No, I can't remember anything like that. It was awesome. Yeah, it was all about it. Man, final whistle comes in. 4-2 to the Arsenal. Who could have seen two goals in extra time? A scoreline that probably doesn't justify or, or give the best example of the result. But, man... Come from behind twice and uh, and then push yourself over the edge in uh, added time. What a tremendous win. Yeah. That no is a, that's a momentum booster, especially yeah. after the last, you know, 
two weeks we've had, like that is, you know, you, you hate sometimes to have that much stress and anxiety and, and energy go into a game, a match like that. But I really do hope that, that we can have that momentum carry us and not have a hangover coming from this. And I think the week off in between is really, really awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think that was that was going to be something to where if we if we had won and City won, it was yep. You know, I mean, huge win. We finally broke the duck um, back to winning ways, and we just keep going. And but that was uh, it just had it's so much more than that. Even just outside of the city game, and I, I think this is one that. If we do go on to win the league, we're going to look back at this, and this is going to be an all-timer. Like, we are going to remember everything about it. We're going to want to watch this one back over and over again. And mm-hmm. just that late juice is – there's nothing like it. That late juice is, tastes so sweet, and uh, especially in the fashion that we had it. Who is your guy's man of the match? Kev? Man, I, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give two names. I thought Sokka was incredible. And another performance, he was knocked around the pitch for 90 minutes. But I thought Jorginho was so, so good for us. His We talked about it earlier. Now, we, we love to make these comparisons between guys. We want Eddie to be Gabriel Jesus. We want Jorginho to be Partey. And that's just not it's not reality and Jorginho's forward passing was incredible it's stick with me here it's better than TP's and he that's not a knock on TP that's just not his greatest overall strength and Jorginho's line breaking forward passes his vertical passing to Ben White happened a couple times to Sokka he played Eddie in he found Odegaard it was it was incredible, and it was a new dimension that our attack hasn't hasn't seen before. And, you know, you look at ways we can change games in the future off the bench, even if he's if he's kind of sent back to the bench after Partey's back, that's a way he can change a match with his forward forward vertical passing. And it was it felt good because, you know, you look back, and I know some of us love El Nenny. He's been a great servant to the club, but... We, I don't think we're winning that game if El Nani starts as our six. And, and man, for me, he is, he is the man of the match. Whether you want to count his goal as his or not, he's my man of the match. I agree. Yeah. I, I was before, before I was like reading a tweet before the goal about, um, just how well he played. And I don't think you're far off with, um, that shout about him being a passer because he was uh, he was playing types of balls that I haven't seen Partey be able to make and felt like he had the right he had just snuck into the right side and I felt like that it made life easier for Odegaard and then I felt like that enhanced Ben White and hopefully helped Saka so was interesting to see that from the right side, but you know, I really thought Jorginho was excellent for sure. Ben, if you had to give it to somebody, who would you give it to? Uh, I was thinking Jorginho as well. I mean, he just 
he really changed the game. I thought, um, not man of match performance, but I thought Ben White yes. looked more like himself and who he has been. Uh, I think that was that was his, his best performance from the after the break. Yeah. Oh, World Cup easily. break. Yeah, he 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 had some really really good moments. Um, but yeah, I think it's just hard to argue with with Jorginho that second half performance. You could give Odegaard a shout. You could give Saka a shout. Um, but but I think for me it's pretty clear. Definitely. Let's see. Man, Saka kicked all over the field. When is it going to end? Never. Yeah, I don't want to. I think that's just I what we wanna... have to expect. Yeah, I just, I'm glad he's starting to stand up for himself, and and you can see how I... agi- agitated he is. And I loved the pushback. I thought that was fantastic. Well, of course he gets booked for it, and Coutinho gets nothing, and nobody else gets anything. I'm just. I don't. I just. I don't get it anymore. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But I'm just like, he's just tired of it. Mm-hmm. Odegaard created seven chances. Did you guys know that? No. Did it felt like he played that well? I mean, the second half was more of like like himself, but had the assist for the Zinchenko goal. But you know, that's he. He needed a performance like that. I felt like. Yeah, he was really breaking a lot of lines in the second half. I was, I thought, between him and and Jorginho, our midfield just really bossed everything. So, so seven feels like a lot, um, but I, I would have probably said four. So, it just shows you how good he was on that in that that half. Yeah, we're definitely going to need him in this this run in for sure. Um, you, you know what what I thought was crazy after watching. Um, on my on my second watch was uh, as I always love the 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 full time whistle and celebrations after a win and just seeing Zinchenko and Jorginho celebrating together in 2023 with Arsenal at the top of the table after knowing them playing for City and for Chelsea and being pretty big time players for them and just key players for them. And all of a sudden, there are players, and <laughs> they're with us, and uh, both played key roles. It's just, uh, it's it's really crazy, really crazy. And just think the 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 leadership and the energy that they've them and Jesus have brought in, just being the three <sighs> new guys, but also guys that have been there before. Um, just uh it's immense it it could be the difference in i mean just looking at last year and us scrapping for to get to a point to play in top four and then just fully transforming us into a title chasing team a top of the table team with 15 games to go and you have to look at players like that having been there before um and just their experience and their leadership and their moments in games like this to step up because they've been there. And uh, yeah, just really pleased with both of them specifically and just seeing them together after the game. And uh, it was just, it made me smile like an idiot. I was like, man, this is so weird, but I'm all for it. It was a, it was a surreal moment for sure. 
and what enhanced the weekend even more. I was out on the golf course at this point and then got the text from Alan of all people with saying forest, forest equalize and uh city dropped two more points. Who would have ever saw that coming? I don't think, I mean, whoever did made a lot of money. <laughs> like uh, I'm watching made... Colin Smith right now. It is. What, what minute was that in? 68th. So it's still one nothing at that point. They just left it, left it long enough, and mm-hmm. we're hanging around, and that's that's what yeah. did them in. I mean, Man City had a thousand chances in this match. It, it's that's insane. what I heard. It's it's truly insane. They were dominant, and just they were three yards off the whole match. Man, I'm okay with that. I love it. <laughs> love it and deserve it. Man, so we go back top, two points up with a game in hand. 15 league games left. That's it. That is crazy. Can't believe it. Seems it's, like a lot, but I man, it's dwindling. It's going to fly. It's going to fly. We're when at was Leicester. In March? Yeah. We're at Leicester this weekend. Uh, how we how we feeling about that? Lester just had a pretty convincing loss against United, and they but they should have been up. They should have been up. They played so well in that first thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Barnes goes one on one. De Gea saves. De Gea makes another great save on Ianacho, and uh, you know how United is, and somehow they scam away and then afterwards you look like wow they dominated and Leicester had won back to back games and come from behind after and then scored four goals so they've they've been on a weird weird run but hopefully we catch them when they're down now that would be great um that would be ideal Ben what's your prediction um i i think our defense needs a clean sheet that would be great. We seem to we have a better chance of holding them uh when we're away from home. Yeah. I just feels like there've been a lot of goals in Leicester matches and so I am going to but I don't think we get the clean sheet. I I don't. I wonder, I don't know who, I don't know from where, but probably Madison cuz everybody were linked to scores against us. So I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to go 3-1. Kev Man, that was my exact score prediction. I was ready to give was 3-1. They leak goals. I could see mm-hmm. us scoring three goals. They they no do doubt. and you know you talk about that first half of that United game. They were all over Garnacho in that first half. And he did not want to do the work defensively and I think Martinelli or Trossard whoever starts there will a little bit have their hands full with that with that right side but I think we'll get better defensive work and that can really help us help us stabilize things and and we can hope Ram Rambo has another great game like he did last time when we went there. Hopefully he's not that busy. That would uh that would be uh, what's most ideal to me is he's mm-hmm. got a quiet game. I'm hoping for a 2-0. It's been a long time since we've gotten an early goal. Hopefully we can get one early. And then uh, take the sting out of the game and just 
run it from there and uh yeah get out of there with a clean sheet a win and we march on i think the hopefully a week in between gives us some rest and we go from there so we'll have to call it from there we got a couple questions uh, that were sent into us on twitter from gage and scott so we will catch those on the next pod so um, we'll have to remember that i'll make a note of that but any closing remarks lads yeah, it's going to be a, a long week before we play again on a Saturday, but uh, it'll be nice to kind of emotionally calm down after such a, an exciting win. Yeah. yeah, we have to come back to earth and uh, a little easier to do after you win. But now we're just just even that much more excited for the next one. So, Kev? I just want three points against Leicester, I think. Bournemouth, Bournemouth at home after that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. We have and we have a, a decent little run here to where you'd like to think, you know, if, if we can play within a shadow of who we are this season, uh, it'd be pretty nice. I think, yeah, you know, we we pull off a nice string of four or five wins in a row heading into the busy two week, two match game weeks with Champions League or Europa and in the league and I I love our chances but one match at a time three points at a time and that's what that's what we've done all season and that's what we need to keep doing no doubt yep this Leicester one's the biggest one we have and uh yeah they're gonna they have tricky ways to give us challenges but I I think this win could really really be um galvanizing for sure Mm -hmm. so We'll call it from there. Well, for Ben and Kevin, I am Nick. We're the Arsenal Bros. Thank you for listening, and we march forward to Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Nick. It's uh, good to be together. Yeah, it's uh, always a pleasure jumping in with the boys. So, Okay, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please like and subscribe. That probably helps us out, so we'd appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter at The Arsenal Bros. If you've really enjoyed the show so far, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash The Arsenal Bros to support us in what we do. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great week.